Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. I am so excited about today's episode. This is one you're going to want to listen to again and again. And it's also one I would suggest sending to your mom or your daughter. This is such a sweet episode with my friend, Susie Mile. As I will mention here shortly, Susie is the brain behind the popular blog and community, Empty Nest Blessed. Susie talks a lot about her experience going from maybe not so tech savvy to a blogger as a profession shortly after her last kid went to college. And while I am nowhere close to the empty nest phase of life, I will say that when I get there, I hope to model Susie's grace, poise, and just excitement for life. She really has a heart to help women who are feeling as though this might be a season that's sad and one that can be challenging. And she's really there to say, no, this can be one of the best and most fun seasons of our lives. I gained so much wisdom and insight from her. And I was so inspired. The way that she sought out people to learn and to go for it is truly incredible. And so you are going to love this conversation as much as I did. I have no doubt the words that come to mind when I think of Susie are endearing, smart, (laughs) confident, encouraging, and so much fun. You guys, like I said, just wait, you're going to love this conversation. And don't forget, send it to your mom, send it to your daughter. This is a conversation for every woman. So without further ado, Here's Susie Mile on How'd She Do That? Today's guest is one that I am so excited to talk to. Hailing from my hometown of Dallas, Texas, she's the mastermind behind the popular blog and lifestyle brand, Empty Nest Blessed. Whether she is sharing her tips and tricks on how to stay strong and healthy, pick the perfect outfit for your next party, or helping you stay cool and cute in the Texas heat. (laughs) Susie is proof that you can be a lifelong learner and follow your dreams, even as you become an empty nester. She's sure to bring a smile to your face today and have you asking, how'd she do that? We're eager to find out. Susie Mile, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you, beautiful Emily. I am so happy that you would join me. This is a long time coming. I have been a self-proclaimed empty nest blessed fan for some time. So I'm so happy that you're here. (laughs) Thank you. That means the world to me. It really does. Sometimes I feel like I'm just putting things out there and not hearing back from anybody. So when people tell me they appreciate it or something I said resonated, it just means the world to me. Well, we love it. I've told you this off the podcast, but we, so I have a twin sister and my mom, my twin sister is in Fort Worth and my mom is in Dallas and we love what you share. We love, we just love you. So I kind of feel like I'm talking to a local celebrity today and I'm just so happy that you would join me and we're going to get into all of it. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. This is going to be so much fun. How are you doing in Dallas, Texas this morning. 
Yeah, we're doing great. So we've been in this time of quarantine and our 23-year-old daughter has been home with us and we have loved that. She is about a year out of college and learning all the wonderful things that you shared in your book, Emily. And Oh, yes. um, I need to send her a copy. Well, she would love that. She would love that. Thank you. Autograph it, please. She'll feel so important and special. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, is she the one with the golden doodle or is that your son? No, that's my middle son and his wife. Okay. Okay. um, Because I have a golden doodle at my feet. Yes, your grand dog. I do. I have a golden doodle named Maui. So anytime I see you with your grand dog, I'm just obsessed. (laughs) She is precious, precious. They're a great breed. They are. No, our daughter that's 23 is, was a musical Mm -hmm. theater major. And so she, um, as all actors and actresses have been hit quite hard by the cancellation of all of their tours and things like that. So she was out on a tour um, when everything transpired. And um, so she's been home with us for a couple months now, but actually her summer, her summer shows are on. So she's headed up to Idaho, I think next week to do some summer stock with the outdoor theater up in Idaho. And Oh, good. Pretty excited about that. She's got some great roles, and um, oh, that's so, and, so and, exciting. And is it. she the is she the Baylor connection? I know you have a Baylor connect as well. Well, actually, Bob and I met at Baylor, and then both Yay. our older okay, yes. I didn't realize that. I went yeah. to Baylor as well. Yes, and so both our boys went to Baylor. Our oldest son is oh, an attorney God. in Austin. Yeah, and okay. so. He went to Baylor and our middle son went to Baylor, met his wife at Baylor, just like we met, got married right after graduation, just like we did. And oh my um, God. yeah, our daughter ended up at OU. She, um, they have a, they had a great, you know, theater program up there. And so that was the right place for her. So one thing that I was thinking about before we got on, I was thinking about, and I thought there was a Baylor connection. So I'm so happy to know that you're a fellow Baylor bear. Yes. The interesting thing with your career and with Empty Nest Blessed is I'm guessing that your major had absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing now. Is that an appropriate guess? Sort of. Um, you know, oh, okay. my major was PR and marketing. Oh, never mind. It has everything to do with it. (laughs) Which was a lot different back then than it is now, you know, in the 80s when I was in college. But at the same time, I will say the basic principles haven't changed. The tools have changed. There's new verbiage like, you know, branding and you're a brand. and, And of course... There was no blogging. There was no internet. There was no computer classes that we took. (laughs) We didn't, I mean, nothing like that. And Mm -hmm. yet, you know, the PR major back then really was focused on marketing and sales and um, journalism. It was kind of a combination of a journalism major and marketing. So, you know, if you can write well and you can learn to communicate, it will help you in every job no matter what you're doing. And then the principles of marketing, which are making a connection to people that you want to quote sell to, or, you know, making connections, finding a niche that is um, 
you know, who you're speaking to, um, finding common ground. People want to buy from people they like. Nobody wants to, you know, go to the store where all the salespeople are rude. No one wants to buy from that person. In, in a sense, I've taken some of those principles then and been able to utilize them um, in terms of what I do now. So your major at Baylor was marketing and PR, which I think is so awesome. With your next step after school, did you go into marketing and PR? What did that look like? What I've learned, Emily, is that marketing and PR is a part of every job. (laughs) And so actually what I did right after college, um, you know, I was a little newlywed and we got married right after graduation. And I um, started working at a church with the college ministry, a church in Dallas and a large church. And so I planned events, publicized events, did lots of Bible studies. So a lot of marketing is just like, come, come along with me. Let's do this together. And so that was as much a part of my work in the church as, Mm -hmm. you know, it is with what I'm doing with Emptiness Blessed. So you did that for how long? What is the time frame that I'm looking at? Because obviously we're going to jump quite a okay. few years. Okay, so I did that for five years, and then I stopped, and we had kids, and I mm-hmm. became a full time stay at home mom. Now, oh. in that in that um, time frame, I was so grateful. There were opportunities that the Lord just brought my way that um, allowed me to serve on nonprofit boards. So my kids, yeah, my kids went to Providence Christian school and I served on the board there for six years, um, in a variety of capacities. And, um, so nonprofits so need, um, direction in terms of PR. And so as I served on that board and then after that time closed out, my kids went to high school at the Cambridge School of Dallas. And so I served on that board for four years. And so it allowed me to keep my finger in PR. And as things were evolving, as Facebook was starting and the internet was coming, it allowed me to kind of keep my toes in the pool, so to speak, and um, continue just providing advice and um, some, you know, press releases and, you know, things like that that we did back then um, for those nonprofits that were of an educational mindset that, um, that I served with. So also, you know, being in that situation allowed me to really learn from many of the people that I was serving with um, outstanding businessmen and women from Dallas. And I learned how to read a spreadsheet and lots of things that I actually hadn't trained for, um, Mm -hmm. learned about, you know, revenue and expenses and, you know, taxes, nonprofit, the nonprofit world. And, um, so I picked up a lot kind of along the way. And, um, once the kids left, I actually had job offers from from men that I've served with and and women and, you know, saying, come in and, you know, I've got this company, come in and run my media department or, you know, come in and just let me pick your brain or whatever. And I, I just knew that I didn't want to be tied down if that makes sense. But those, those experiences were hugely valuable in allowing me to keep my skills sharp as the marketplace was evolving and also to learn from others and expand and broaden my skill set. 
it's not like you, because sometimes, you know, we might see empty nest blessed or even hearing your story. I've always thought, now, where did this come from? Because I would think to go from zero to 100 in the tech world, and we can totally get into this because yeah. you have, regardless <laughs> of if you would call yourself this or not, you really have had to become a tech friendly person. But really, I love that actually, and yes, oh my word, a stay at home mom, that's a full time job 100%. But like you said, you were actually keeping up with the trends. You were keeping up with what was kind of going on. Like you said, you were keeping yourself sharp. Now you knew you didn't want to be tied down. So of course we can kind of think about, I'd love to hear what was the inspiration behind Empty Nest Blessed and how did you decide to bite the bullet? Because I'm sure at some point, there was times that you may be thinking, this is too much. This is overwhelming. I, I can't wait to hear the inspiration behind it. And of course, what you were feeling during that season of life. Well, that's a big question. And, <laughs> and really, I will say that I feel like through the experiences that I had just business-wise, the Lord provided me that platform all my life to sort of prepare me for such a time as this, if that makes yes, sense. And I hope that's not too big of a statement, but no, I love it. Um, just all of those things I've drawn on in order to do what I do. So even small things, like as I was serving on these boards with these businessmen and women, I needed to like dress in those boardrooms so that I had credibility when it was my turn to speak. So, oh, you know, even yeah. putting together outfits and staying in touch with what was in style, you know, and thinking about how to present yourself in that way, all of those things even played in. So really what happened was when my first child left for college, I sort of saw the writing on the wall and said, oh, this is coming and <laughs> yeah. I need to begin preparing. And this is what I'd share um, on the blog as well, that I just started thinking, praying, assessing. And part of that is just assessing your own skill set, figuring out what you want. As a mom, you know, you're, you're full-time involving yourself in the lives of others. It really is a self-sacrificial, very, very sacred task. If you do it well, it is all-consuming. And a little bit as a woman and as a mom, you can lose yourself. And so Mm -hmm. part of that process um, was mitigated for me and by serving on these boards. So I was really grateful for that and being, you know, the president of the PTA or, you know, things like that really helped me stay sharp in some ways. But, but really when the nest emptied, I realized I was going to have to sort of get to know myself again, because the person Mm -hmm. that I was when I started mothering was not the person that I was now in some ways. Yes. But in other ways, there had been a lot of water under the bridge from just um, the highs and lows of parenting, the pain of miscarriage to the joys of seeing your children um, grow and develop character that inspires you. I just sat back and thought, what am I going to do with all of this? And I tried to um, assess what I wanted, what, what was interesting to me. And then I also asked 10 people who were important to me. That included my children. It included my good friends. It included my family, my parents. 
And I asked them just over text, I said, could you just please don't ask me why I'm doing this. It's a little weird, but could you just write back three words that you think describe me? And oh, so wow. to see what they, and I, and I kind of held my breath to see what's going to come back. Like I thought my mom would say, you're bossy or, you know, whatever, but I was like, okay, well, here it goes. So um, those things were very helpful as the words I got back were, you know, encouraging, inspiring, um, motivational, things like that. I didn't know that people saw me that way, really, Um, you know, enthusiastic. And and so I got these words and I thought, oh, oh, okay. So that sort of fed into just all of this information that I was gathering about who I was and what I could offer. I always knew that I wanted to do something, I think, significant. And I guess that's why I didn't um, say yes to the job offers I had. And I looked into other things like selling, um, you know, a stay at home, kind of a multi-level marketing type of a situation. Just, I don't know what to say, except it didn't feel significant enough to me. And I just felt like I was being called somewhere significant. So at that point, um, I just, at the same time, I was observing a lot of friends who were struggling with empty nest and sort of felt like their life was over, floundering. Sometimes marriages were in trouble because they hadn't gotten attention. Sometimes women fell into depression and just couldn't come out. And um, there were a variety of things. And I just thought, this should not be. This should not be just putting the simple math to it. And this is very bottom line. My husband's an accountant, but I thought (laughs) truly women our age. And I turned 50 the day we took our last child to college. I turned 50. Okay, I've got about a third of my life left (laughs) just to put the math to it. And I thought, what am I going to do? I need to have, you know, and so as I saw these friends struggling, I thought, I am going through this and I'm willing, I'm willing to share that with other people and take them along on my journey and maybe speak into, is there a better way to do this? How are we going to do this? How can we encourage one another and inspire one another and bless one another as we go through this process of transitioning from being mothers to being women in our own right and finding ourselves again and making a difference? Wow, that's uh, that's incredible to think about. First of all, I want to go back even. I don't know that everyone would think to do what you did with the text when you're looking for your next step in life, when you're looking for guidance. Was that something that you just thought to do? Like, hey, I need inspiration. I need to have this kind of mirror where other people show and share what they see in me. Was that something that you, someone said was a great idea? I I just think that's brilliant. Or was that just something that you felt in your heart you needed the the guidance as you were seriously considering what could be next for you because I think that's incredible that's a great idea I think anyone could do that at any season of life I want to add that for my college kids who are who are about to graduate it's like text your family text your parents text mm-hmm. your your best friends and say hey guys what do you see in me I think that's mm-hmm. huge was that mm-hmm. did that just come to you or is that something 
that I'm unaware of everyone <laughs> knows to do. I think it's genius. Oh, thank you. Surprisingly, it just came out of my brain. I don't know. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> but it was, I will say this, Emily, it was part of a very investigational process that I went through when I knew I was facing this transition. And I'd seen enough women do it and struggle that I thought, oh, I don't want to do it like that. I want to yes. do different. And so I spent a lot of time um, even before my nest emptied, but as I saw it coming and then right after, you know, we dropped our daughter off and I had a couple months there where I was thinking like, okay, and I'm, I'm very curious by nature, but I'm also, I think a good researcher. So I pulled back and said, I need to research this. And I literally, if there was a road I went down, um, I went down it fully. So if I was thinking maybe I would go work for someone and run their media department, I called them and said, could I have a day and just come to your company and check it out? And, and I that thought, is if I get so in that, awesome. Well, I thought if I get in that situation, I'll get the feels or I'll think, okay, this is not for me. And, right. you know, friends that were, you know, doing other things. I had some friends that were like, really, Susie, you just need to feel like you're retired, but go get a little job at your favorite boutique just for something to do to give yourself some yes. structure. So I thought, right. well, okay. So like I went to like my favorite boutiques and said, are y'all hiring like little part-time, you know, moms like me and, you know, whatever. Right. And they were like, oh, sure. So then I thought about, well, could I just come in and shadow for a day and think about it? And then it, I realized that's not for me. And so right. part of it was feeling very drawn to wanting to do something significant that would make an impact. And um, yet thinking like, uh. I'm not sure what it is, but that's how I feel. So I don't know how big an impact or how small an impact, but I don't need to worry about that. And um, so at that time I did, there was a gal from church that was blogging and had been quite successful. And she is very successful um, in the gift and etiquette oh. industry, I guess. Okay. It's very, yes. she, again, it's a great example of she's got a niche. And it's broad age range wise because everybody needs gifts. Everybody needs to know proper etiquette. And so she's really established a place for herself in there. So I asked her if I could take her to coffee and she was a lot younger than me. I mean, this gal was in her early thirties and here I was 50 and feeling like, I mean, like I am really out of my element here. I don't have any tech experience. I barely know, you know what I'm doing. And so she agreed to sit down with me and she said, you know, you can do this. I think your idea is good. The idea of speaking into this empty nest space and doing it with positivity and joy. And, and part of the research I did, Emily, you know, I just, so I'm saying I spent these months just really researching and going down different roads. And part of the research was looking at what else was out there and realizing there were a lot of very sad empty nest blogs where people oh, were like, so I, you know, I went into my child's room and curled up in the fetal position and cried. And, oh, you know, no. and, and after a few, you know, entries, it died away because you can't sustain that. No one wants to read that. (laughs) So some of the research was showing me what I didn't want to be and seeing that, you know what? Yes, there is a space to do what I'm feeling like I want to do and being called to do. I'm just sitting here thinking there's two routes with this story. One, bravo that you would ask this, how'd she do that 
moment, you had a question of how'd she do that with the younger blogger at church? And then you also were able to see how you don't want to do that and not follow through with the the more bummer side of things. So I have a question and I can't wait to hear after that conversation with the the younger blogger, which can we all just take a moment, those of you who are listening, how amazing is Susie that she would <laughs> seek out someone? And, and I'm sure that was, I don't know, maybe a slightly humbling experience of, you know, I want to give this a go. I want to try. And a lot of my, a lot of your friends, they might, you know, accept the retirement and, but you felt in your heart that you wanted to do something bigger. And that's exactly what you've done. So I am just loving everything that you're saying. It's so awesome. I do want to know, and you'll have to tell us. So after that conversation with the blogger, um, two, this is a twofold. Were you overwhelmed? Were you excited? Were you like, done, I'm doing this? And then I also want to hear what the conversation was like with your kids. Uh, did you invite them into it? I know that they were even a part of that conversation of what do you see in me, kids? And I'm sure they were like just encouraging everything. I want to know what they were thinking as well. So how how did these steps come together? And was it like, when did you feel I'm doing this? I can't not do this. Well, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. I think one thing during that investigational process, I just didn't put too much pressure on myself. And I think okay. I see that a lot that women feel like, well, I have to do this like with excellence and perfectly. I was literally just investigating. I just thought, well, you know, I'm just going to walk down this road and see if it appeals. And I was praying through this whole thing. So I, I knew that I would know, I would just know. Um, and so as I met with that blogger, um, I was just, I looked at it just like, when I looked into, you know, do I want to be a part of a multi-level marketing business? I mean, I just looked at like, well, I'm just going to investigate this and no pressure. Don't get worked up, Susie. Don't overthink it. Just this is one option for you. So mm -hmm. um, she was very encouraging and said, look, I, you know, I can help you if you want and, you know, give you a little advice. And, and I felt so humbled. I can't tell you that the biggest transition, you didn't really ask this, but I want to say this just for the older women that are out there. I felt stupid after, and she didn't make me feel that way. But as a mom, you're the answer person. You're like, oh, you need this. I can tell you how to do this. You want that? I will get that for you. I will work this out for you, whatever. And so you're the answer person. You're the person with all the answers. Then your kids leave. And all of a sudden you look around, and you go, I am extremely stupid, <laughs> not dumb, <laughs> like not dumb, like clueless, but stupid in terms of ignorance. Like I didn't know mm -hmm. any tech stuff. I didn't know what was out there. I didn't know this. I didn't, I didn't know even what I didn't know. That's how much I didn't know. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. And so I just thought this is a little crazy. So I really, the whole thing, Emily, was idea driven and gut driven and and um, call, very calling driven. And that's what kept me going when things got hard. So mm -hmm. I didn't actually talk to my kids a lot about this. I really continued. I mean, they knew I was going to maybe start you know, something and they were, Oh, okay. But so cute. It's, it's funny. But one thing that I've really, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that I've really noticed with kids and as I've done this and now talked to hundreds of empty nest moms, we really work 
to transition our parenting in terms of thinking differently about our kids when we really were actively parenting them to as they become adults, it becomes a lot less parenting and a lot more of encouraging, cheerleading, um, saying things like, so your verbiage changes. So you say things like, hmm, tell me about that. Or, oh, that's very interesting. Or explain that to me. And it's a lot that's more so good. letting your kids be the experts and learning from them. And also that encourages them that like, oh, I'm super impressed with you. That's, that's amazing. So mm-hmm. that's what you're transitioning into as you're parenting adult children. But what I've noticed is the kids don't think they have to transition in terms of how they view their parents. So all of my children, I think, have been, I very much wanted them to be proud of me. Don't get me wrong. That was part of it for me. I thought, I'm going to do something that they are like, wow, I'm really proud of my mom. Wow. And and yet, I didn't say that to them. I just kind of kept doing my thing and they were doing their thing. And look, they were going through big life transitions too. So when, when we had contact, I tried to just be very much in their corner and very much into their life um, and not talk a lot about mine. Um, but I have no, noticed along the way that it's been challenging for them to go from seeing me as a mom to seeing me as like, you've got kind of this business going, mom. And you've got like, like mom, all my friends like follow you on social media and they're super impressed that you have this many followers. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, really? And that sort of brought me credibility in their eyes and allowed them to see me differently. So I guess my point in sharing that is that I think we women work very hard at transitioning the way we're parenting our kids and not always giving advice and all of that. But it is difficult sometimes for those kids to transition in terms of seeing us as women and not just as moms, because seeing us as moms is all they've ever known. Well, and I mean, even I think the women that were working outside the home as they were raising their kids, still your kids saw you as mom. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think I'm thinking of my mom and she is the best. I mentioned this earlier, but we'll have to get lunch. But I remember and and as you know, I don't have any kids yet. So I there's a level of this that is gonna be my future, but I love thinking about my life stage and everything you just said. I can't echo enough. If there is an empty nest blessed mom that's listening right now. As an adult daughter who's now married, and I live in a different state than my than my parents, my mom has truly become one of my best friends. And she wasn't always that way because she was my parent. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so she mm-hmm. would not, in middle school, she was not my best friend. And looking back, I see why she would say, no, I'm not your best friend. I'm your mm-hmm. mom. Right. But now to be able to see all that she's doing and all that, that dad is doing, I like your kiddos. I'm sure they are just so proud of you oh. because what you guys are doing. And, as, and, and we talked about this a little bit, the vulnerability of what you're sharing, not just now, but when you just got started. So tell me a little bit about that. When you were starting and you really have, I think it, I don't know that it came, I don't know if it was challenging for you to come up with things to say. I don't know if that was a problem, but was there ever a moment where you were putting things out there and you just thought, ah, oh my gosh, okay, I'm doing it. What was that like? What was the beginning like? Because this is really uncharted waters, especially for the, what you were talking about. 
the empty nest blessed. I mean, I think like you've said, many people kind of revert to this kind of bummed out mentality. And yes, it is sad when a family changes and, you know, a kiddo moves away, but you were really there to say, no, there's hope, there's purpose. And so with that in mind, as you got started, how did that go? What was kind of some hurdles that you needed to get through to get this thing up and running? The biggest thing was tech, was understanding tech, understanding okay. social media, understanding how things work, understanding not just the technical aspects, but also those underlying things that nobody really comes out and says, like um, tone and sort of the unwritten rules of Twitter or the unwritten rules of, you know, the types of things that people want you to share on Facebook and the types of things that you wouldn't share on Facebook and images that you share and what types do well. So I did continue to do a lot of research. And at some point I was like, you know what, the research will continue and I'm committed to continuing education. And I do it all the time. I'm, I was in a webinar yesterday that was very, very helpful and very challenging. And so I'm constantly learning and growing in my field. And um, I just, I looked at it all and said, I have a lot to learn. So I started, I tried not to pressure myself, but I will tell you, there were a lot of tears and a lot of, I don't know if I can do this at the beginning. And my husband was a great cheerleader and he was like, well, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, figure out how we can do this or is there a different way? So I started with um, a blogging platform called Weebly. And I don't even know if they're still around. Weebly. It's like W-E-E-B-L-Y. And I started with them because as I was looking for just where to start my blog, their tagline was the easiest way to build a website. And I thought, oh, that's the one for me. (laughs) That's one. (laughs) And, you know, it was drop and drag. So at that time, of course, remember, we all had iPods and we would do our iTunes music. We would get on iTunes.com and we would drop and drag our music to our little iPod. And that's how we would put songs on. So I was like, oh, drop and drag. I can do that. (laughs) So how'd she do that? How'd she do that? That is how I dropped and dragged. (laughs) And so... (laughs) <laughs> so that's how I started. And um, wow. within about a year, it became clear to me um, just by watching others and by progressing that I needed a format that was a little bit more credible in the blogging industry. And so by that time, I had, um, I think, found my voice more as a writer. And um, of course, back then, there wasn't a lot of Instagram, you know, stuff. And that was especially for the demographic that I was speaking into. Most of them weren't on Instagram. And so it was all Facebook, Facebook. So I would write a blog post and then it was just about trying to build my mailing list, people that wanted to subscribe to what I was writing. And then also, you know, doing some Facebook. So I did some, you know, Facebook lives with some people talking about everything from, you know, travel to health and fitness and things like that. So those were the early years. And then I transitioned into a WordPress blog and it became clear that I needed to continue growing. And so Mm -hmm. I realized very early on that the fear of growth was going to be a part of this journey, but I could use that because I sensed a lot of fear in the demographic that I was speaking into. They were scared. They were scared about 
figuring out what they were supposed to do, figuring out how to do it. They were scared about perhaps some things that they had um, let be on the back burner while they were raising their kids. Maybe their kids left right. and they looked in the mirror and said, I am not healthy. I am, my marriage is not good, whatever. So there's a lot of fear that surrounds that empty nest transition often. And I thought, you know what? I've got fear and I'm scared. I'm scared about putting things out there and being vulnerable. I'm scared about um, looking stupid and not being, I'm not, I'm no longer the expert that I was as a mom. Now I'm learning from all these younger gals who are doing it. And you know what, wow. when I found, what I found was when I was able to humble myself and ask for help, they were so kind. I mean, they were just encouraging and kind and they were like, wow, look at you. I'm, I'm going to tell my mom to follow you. And yes. I wasn't going in there with that mindset. I was literally just like, please help. And I learned, you know, Google is my best friend and YouTube. And I learned a lot from that. And then I got some tech help that I needed and um, finding the right tools, which I'm sure you found, especially starting this podcast, Emily. Oh that, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> finding the tools that will help you be able to do what you want to do. And so yeah. the fear and the insecurity and the scary part of growth is normal. And it does mean mm. that you're growing. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to use this. I'm going to talk about it. So that was really the beginning of me talking very, very honestly, and not so much preaching like, this is how you should do the empty nest. And this is how you should transition into the empty nest in a healthy way. And this is how you should parent your adult kids. Instead, it became more of me just authentically sharing my journey, my family, my fears, my insecurities, my realness and being authentic and real. And that is what got the biggest response and continues That's to. So awesome. That's so awesome. A lot of it involves me um, making fun of myself and <laughs> being very lighthearted and laughing at myself and saying, don't I look ridiculous? And are y'all sure I should be doing this? Yes or no? I'm putting a poll up. Is this, is this a good look for me? Or do you think no? And, and just being brave enough to put myself out there. And by just even doing that, I think, that's what other people say. Oh, that's really inspired me. Like Susie was brave. She just went for it. And I'm so I'm just going to go for it too. And then part of that going for it is just saying like, I'm going for it. And this is pretty weird. And this is pretty scary. And I'm not sure about this, but here it is. Right. And there, but yet, I mean, it's been a process too. So I think people can tend to get too hard on themselves, Emily, at the beginning and think like, I have to do this perfectly. I have to do this so well. No, you don't. Just go out there, be real. Just say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. People will help you. And it's it's a gradual process. You don't have to go out being like this end-all, be-all inspirational person at the beginning. That will evolve. And, mm -hmm. and not that that's what I've come to because that was sort of by accident. But just the more real I got, the more people found it inspirational. <laughs> I don't know it's why. It's so true. It's no, it's so true. It's and the 
even just as you're sharing the, and as I think about the different posts and the different things that I've seen you do, and you guys have to, and we'll, we'll connect you later with where you can find Susie, but you guys need to go and check her out because I think the word that comes to mind with someone like you who has decided to share in hopes of helping others is endearing. It's so endearing to hear about your date nights with Bob. It's so endearing to see your travels and to to think through, okay, this is such a darling outfit, or this is how I can reorganize XYZ. I mean, the the tools that you're giving people are really um, important and specific that they will know to come back to you. But I think just it's so endearing to see you share your life. And I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. I feel like I have been for the last year with my book and everything coming out. The book has been great and I've been speaking at universities, but the podcast really feels like the equivalent to your jumping into the blog because Mm -hmm. the blog is where you were really able to be yourself, to share more about what you do. And I shared this with you earlier, but I've started to learn how to edit the podcast. And, Mm -hmm. And I told my husband, ooh, Luke, I got so good. I actually edited out a really long um from one of my episodes. And he's like, what? Don't do that. Don't edit out the ums. Don't edit out what he calls the Emily-isms, where I say, you know, a, a, a saying that is popular, but switched it just slightly, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> he's like, leave that in there. And I think that's your point is what you were able to recognize and really connect with people was being your authentic self. And that's what's drawn me to you. It's what's drawn my mom to you, my twin sister, and all of your following. I'm sure that they are inspired by the fact that you went for it and that it's it's paid off. I mean, truly. Thank you. Thank you. That's so kind. Well, I appreciate that. And, I, you know, I, I whenever you start a business, whenever you're going to do something, I think, you know, Back in the 80s, we talked a lot about mission statement and what's your mission statement and, you know, things like that. But in a business, you're encouraged to have a tagline. Like I shared the one for Weebly, you know, the easiest way to build a website. And that was what got me was their tagline. It wasn't the name of their business. So I early on thought I need a tagline for Emptiness Blessed. And so it became... Um, blessing, encouraging, and inspiring empty nesters. And that really encompassed what I wanted to do. But the inspiring sort of just came along the way. My heart was really to bless and encourage. And I wanted it to be a place of inspiration. And at the same time, in a way, aspiration in terms of if people saw that and thought, well, I'm inspired that she can do that. So I'm going to aspire to do that too. That to me um, was really, really important. So those four words really became the driving force behind everything I'm doing. Blessing, because if I'm not a blessing, why am I doing this? Encouraging, which is that positive, just being myself and being positive and just saying, you can do this. I'm going to try and you can do it too. And then being inspiring, hopefully by just, I don't know, just people seeing me struggle through. (laughs) And then hopefully that will help them aspire to do more. So everything I do, every decision I make, every, um, hiring an assistant and Mm -hmm. being able to free my time up a little bit to do more of those four things. Every um, post I put up, whether it's about 
cute summer handbags or whether it's about something deep like how to pray for your adult children. All of those things are driven by those four words. And I keep coming back to that paradigm and that mission constantly. And when brands approach me and say, hey, will you talk about this or that? Or I'd like to send you my product. and I'd like to pay you a lot of money to talk to your readers about that. I think, ooh, does it fit with those four things? And if not, then I won't do it. And and I feel like such I have such a responsibility to those people that follow me, that read Empty Nest Plus, that are watching me, that I don't want to put anything before them that would be harmful or negative or detrimental in any way. So right. for me to endorse or um, encourage them to look into a brand or a product, it has to be something I would use myself and can truly, truly say, this is fantastic. So there, mm -hmm. if I don't have that credibility and their trust, I don't have anything. And right. the biggest way to do that is just to be very honest and very real myself. And so mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. You are doing all of those things. Oh. I have to tell you that I was looking at your Instagram last night at, with my husband and I was literally like pulling up pictures and I was like, are you kidding me? I was showing him pictures and I was like, she is beautiful. Are you kidding? Look at her. Are you kidding? I hope I look like this when I'm her age, all of the above. So <laughs> do know that even for a 29 year old, uh, no kids yet, just a dog mom out in California, you're doing that for me as well. All of those things. So it's so fun to hear just a little bit of insight into your story. But even today, later today, I'm just going to be thinking about this conversation and how truly amazing it is that you did pursue something so different in a season of life that people may feel down, they may feel neglected themselves. You've actually launched a platform that says you're not neglected. Your life is not over. Let's have fun and let's show that this can be a season of life that's memorable and amazing and awesome. So you have done a lot of things with your blog and it has really taken off. Again, I keep teasing it. I promise you guys Aww. she will share Aww. her blog and handle at the end. But I am so curious, what's your favorite memory attached to your blog or brand or an experience that's come out of it? Maybe a friendship? I'd love to know what's kind of a, an experience that you're like, I kind of can't believe that happened. Wow. Well, of course, this is huge for me just to talk to you because I'm such well, a fan and such an, <laughs> such an admirer. And in a way we speak to the same, um, demographic because lots of moms Truly. buy your book and give it as gifts. Yes. And I do oh share that with my readers. But so I think Emily, when I think back about, um, my journey and it's been not even five years that I've been doing this, I'm not sure one, I mean, there are of course special memories here and there, but I think the biggest thing is just the slog, the daily like hard work. And, you know, when our kids were little, one of the little, you know, every mom has little sayings that she raises their kids yes. with, you know, whether it's like readers or leaders or character yes. counts or whatever. And one of the <laughs> things we used to tell our kids was hard work trumps talent every time. 
Love it. it. Well, and of course, that was before Trump was our president, and there were, <laughs> but I mean, the word Trump, it's like it will, I mean, it will beat, I mean, hard work. And so I think it's just the daily hard work of putting in the work. And I see, um, I see other people that maybe would like to do whatever, whether they enter into the blogosphere, you know, life as an influencer, or they start a podcast, or they decide to go back to work or go back to school or whatever. And they just, when the going gets hard and it gets discouraging, they don't have the stick-to-itiveness to keep working hard and working maybe harder than they've ever thought they would work. And I thought when I started, oh, this will be a little fun part-time thing. And now I cha- it, I have to challenge myself to take a break and to set boundaries because social media is something that most people do for fun. But for me, it's my, part of my job. And so it's, you know, it's tough. So That doesn't really exactly answer your question, but I do want to say that hard work and just keeping, keeping your nose to the grindstone, keep doing, keep doing you, keep doing your deal, keep remembering your four words or whatever it is that's inspiring you to stick with, you know, whatever, going back to school, doing this podcast, writing that book and stick with it on those discouraging days. And so when I think of the, years. It's really those days that I wasn't like, oh, I'm not feeling it, but I just kept going. And all of a sudden the feeling would come and I would think, I don't feel like writing this blog post. And then I'd be in the middle of writing and I'd think, oh, this is so fun. This is so awesome. I'm enjoying this because I knew that I was encouraging or I knew that I was going to inspire with something I put out there. And so that's what kept me going. So the heart is really what keeps you going on those hard days. But I I mean, there have been, I've met so many wonderful friends on Instagram. I've connected with people. Um, Sometimes I just put it out there and I think, do, does anybody hear this? Does anybody, what do they really think? Because that over 50 demographic isn't great at understanding that blogging is supposed to be a two-way street, that I need comments back. And so they're not always the most um, prolific at (laughs) responding and and that's okay. So I just think, okay, well, I think it went okay. So I'll just keep going. And that's part of just the realness is, is speaking into a little bit of a void. And I am so grateful when I do hear back from people telling me, well, this was really helpful to me, or could you do more of this? And I take those things very, very seriously. The feedback is key. And it's when, you're, when your demographic are more of viewers, you guys, if you're listening right now, go tell Susie how awesome she is. <laughs> oh. I am so encouraged. And truly, you guys, if you're listening, let us know. We are so happy to share this conversation. I am so happy to share this conversation. Susie, you have been inspiring to me. I can't wait to meet you in person in Dallas at some point. Oh. And I just can't thank you enough. So I do have just a few more questions. And one of them is tied in directly with my book. So those of you who know about my book, Take Flight, or you've heard me speak at universities, I always kind of harp on the element of networking in any age. I mean, Susie does a great job even sharing with us how she networked throughout her empty nest phase as it was coming up. She really jumped on the ball and got some informational interviews set up. She wanted to learn. She wanted to shadow, all that good stuff. So 
a question I always have students and undergrads say um, in these informational interviews would be, who do you know that I should know? So for the podcast, I'd love to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on? How'd she do that? Well, Network, I agree with you, first of all, Emily, and I love that you're putting that message out there that networking is so important. And I think when we do think about people to network with, we get very, people tend to get very intimidated. Like I can't, yes. I can't ask that. And you're a great example in your story and your career um, trajectory really, really showed that in such a great way. Thank you. But but I think what we have to remember is when you ask someone to help you, when you ask someone to show you what they do, when you want to learn more about them, it's a compliment. Everybody, yes. <laughs> everybody yes. likes that. So you're actually really blessing that person and making them feel special and important when you're asking to network, when you're asking, you're paying them the highest compliment. And so I think that that intimidation is very inward focused and very sort of, I don't know if this is too strong, but almost self-centered. And instead Mm -hmm. I would say, turn that around and think, gosh, well, I'm scared to do this, but I just need to get my eyes off myself for a minute. And I'm going to ask that person. And then you'll be shocked at how they are just get so excited to share their story with you. Love it. So as far as a person that has really been inspirational to me, I would say there is a gal and her name is Tina Foster. You can find her on Instagram Okay. and her, her call tag or whatever is at mushroom London. Okay. And she is, she owned a kind of small home goods business over in London and she got on Instagram to kind of share a little bit about it. What she noticed was that people were actually responding more to her Instagram posts where she showed a little bit more of her personal life, her dog, her family, her, you know, she'd talk while she was going on her daily walks through the English countryside (laughs) and people just ate that up. And she realized, oh, this is what people really want to hear about. And so being very authentically real, her platform transitioned from a platform promoting her business to one where she just essentially is doing very similarly to what I'm trying to do. And she's just in sharing her life and encouraging people um, as she's just very real and very honest. So she and I had a great, um, Instagram live we did a couple weeks ago. We had a great conversation and, um, the things that were similar and how we approached life and how we approach life as empty nesters and our families. There were such great similarities, but then there were differences, um, as well that we were able to share and celebrate. So Tina Foster at Mushroom London, you will love her. And of course, she'll just relish her accent as you talk with her. She's, just it's like talking to someone from Downton Abbey. It's fabulous. Well, everyone will have to stay tuned. Perhaps there will be a fun episode with Tina as well. Thank mm. you so much, Susie. I I really cannot tell you enough how fun 
number one, it's been to connect with you, but truly how inspiring it is to think about your story. And and again, I was about to say post-grad because that's the, the term mm-hmm. I'm usually using, but oh my gosh, post-kiddos, empty nest. Where can people, because I know they're going to want to go and show some love, where can people connect with you, stay connected, um, maybe send your page to their mom so that your their mom can check you out? Where can people find you online? Well, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Truly. First of all, the home base is emptynestblessed.com. And that will always be the heartbeat and home base where you'll see me. It's my favorite colors. It's my writing style. It's lots of emojis. I don't mm-hmm. think WordPress has ever seen an emoji writer like they've seen me. <laughs> So that's the blog and that's the center of it all. And from there, it's all the places. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Emptiness Blessed. On Facebook, you just search Emptiness Blessed and you'll find my page. Twitter, same thing, Pinterest. And this year I started a YouTube channel. I think I have 41 subscribers oh, <laughs> right now. Yeah. And um, so I've done a lot of sending over IGTV videos to YouTube. I actually haven't done a YouTube exclusive video yet, but I'm sure it's coming. And so um, I'm probably most active on Instagram, but I am in all the places. So just search Emptiness Blessed and you will find me. Oh my goodness. Well, awesome. Everyone, like Susie said, you can check her out at Emptiness Blessed pretty much everywhere. And Susie, again, thank you so much for your time today. I have loved this conversation. Thank you, precious Emily. And we are going to lunch with your mama and hopefully yes, we my are. daughter. Yes, my daughter oh, and your it. twin, your precious yes. twin too, if we can all get together. So I would love yes. that. Lunch on me the next time oh, you come you're to so Dallas. Sweet. Done and done. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Susie. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. You can check us out on Friday when a new bonus episode drops and again on Tuesday with another guest episode with Tina Marie Clark. We will talk to you soon.